WFLF Fine Hills, Orlando, WMGF HD3 Mount Dora, Orlando, and W226BT Orlando. News Radio 93.1 WFLA and iHeart Radio Station. Good morning, Orlando. Very good Wednesday morning to you from all of us on the 50,000-watt front porch. As here at 6 o'clock, we bring you our very first look at Orlando's news, weather, and traffic. Right now on News Radio 93.1 WFLA-FM, AM 540, and the Radio app. I'm Bud Hedinger. And I'm Alan Spector. Our top story this hour, another hot day ahead. Details in one minute. And State Attorney Aramis Ayala says she will not seek re-election. Our take and yours next on Good Morning Orlando. There's no immediate relief in sight for the hot weather we've been experiencing in Central Florida this week. I just got off the phone with AccuWeather meteorologist Carl Babinski, who told me... We are expecting Allen Highs to be in the upper 90s yet again on Tuesday, officially at Orlando International, 97 degrees. And it was 98 degrees at Executive Airport, so we are most definitely in the midst of a stifling heat wave. Babinski says there's no forecast for cooling rains over the next couple of days, so those very hot temperatures will be hanging around for now. This is brutal, Alan, about as bad as I've ever seen this early in a season. I mean, the calendar says it's three weeks till summer, for goodness sakes. It's so bad you're heading north. I am. I'm going to escape this where I'm going for my college reunion this weekend. We're talking 60 degrees in the afternoon. It'll probably kill me. Can I come with you? (laughs) Sure. This news brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. Now, while we are dealing with the heat, things could be much worse like they are in the Midwest. Last night, tornadoes ripped through the western suburbs of Kansas City, destroying homes and injuring at least a dozen people. This man in Lawrence, Kansas, rode it out in his basement. Then I could feel the air moving the walls, and I could feel air coming from above. And then all of a sudden, I heard stuff flying around up above me. Uh, you know, my walls and my furniture and what have you. The National Weather Service warns of a potential for more possible severe weather in the Midwest today. The controversial state attorney for Orange and Osceola counties will not seek a second term in office. In a video posted on Facebook, RMS Ayala cited the Florida Supreme Court decision to reassign cases to another state attorney because of her opposition to the death penalty. After the Florida Supreme Court's decision on the death penalty, it became abundantly clear to me that death penalty law in the state of Florida is in direct conflict with my view and my vision for the administration of justice. Ayala said she still looks forward to finishing out her term as state attorney and that she plans to continue to roll out new policies, initiatives, and programs. In a moment, I'll explain again the big problem I've had with Aramis Ayala since shortly after she became the Orange Osceola state attorney and, um, and, and why I am just absolutely thrilled to see her one term and out. We'll talk about it. And, Bud, we know of at least one possible candidate to succeed Ayala, Former Judge Belvin Perry, best known for presiding over the Casey Anthony trial, has indicated he's interested in running for state attorney. If he does, based on what I know of the field now, I think he wins it in a walk. The confessed Parkland killer covers his ears in court as prosecutors fight to access his medical records. Nicholas Cruz put his head in his handcuffed hands and his fingers in his ears when prosecutors played video from his Instagram account where he introduced himself as Nick, saying he would be the next school shooter with the goal of killing 20 people with an AR-15. Big event. And when you see me on here, 
Prosecutors are asking the judge to order a psychologist in an orthopedic clinic turn over his records to discuss his mental state and premeditation. The defense argues the medical records are confidential. The judge says she'll make a ruling by week's end. Wendy Grossman, News Radio 93.1 WFLA. Pop star Ariana Grande is postponing sold out shows scheduled for last night in Tampa and tonight in Orlando because of illness. The concerts are rescheduled for November 24th in Tampa and November 25th in Orlando. WFLA News Time is 6.05. College students are secretly photographed for facial recognition research. That story's online at WFLAOrlando.com. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter at WFLA Orlando. The first hour of Good Morning Orlando starts now. TM Orlando, weekdays 5 to 6 p.m. News Radio 93.1. But heading around, Inspector Mike Yaffe and Melissa Fox with you until 9 o'clock, and we've got a 50,000 watt front porch that is just really cooking. We're serving up hot topics, local, national, you name it. All three hours, and we're going to tap into the collective wisdom of the smartest audience in talk radio. And if you want to join the conversation, starting with Aramis Ayala deciding not to seek a second term, um, and I am thrilled about that, the numbers are 407-916-5400, toll-free 866-916-5400, text line 23680, that's a popular way to get on the 50,000-watt front porch increasingly. Know that standard message and data rates apply there. We're about to get into it, and uh, I am fired up. All right, and if you just can't wait for another update of Orlando's news, weather, and traffic, guess what? It's just two minutes away on Good Morning Orlando. It's 6.07. Check of Central Florida headlines for you right now. This broke last night. Volusia County is soon going to be looking for a new school superintendent. The school board has voted 3-2 to two to fire Superintendent Tom Russell, effective June 30th. Board members cited communication problems, low state ratings, and lengthy teacher contract negotiations as the main reasons for getting rid of Russell after four years in charge. Russell made $175,000 a year on the job, but his severance package will be worth at least Two hundred and fifty grand. Updates at least every ten minutes in the top stories for you on Good Morning Orlando. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at WFLA Orlando. Anybody else have a problem with Orange Osceola State Attorney Aramis Ayala? It has to do with the great deception uh, concerning where she was on the death penalty. She never mentioned her total opposition to it during the campaign, knowing it would have cost her votes, perhaps the election. And then she sprung us on it. She sprung it on all of us afterward to the outrage of many across party lines and across racial lines as well. That's why the Bud Man is thrilled at the news. And let's hear from her now. Aramis Ayala, Orange Osceola County State Attorney, posting a video on Facebook announcing that she will not run for re-election. She says it's all because of her opposition to the death penalty. Death penalty law in the state of Florida is in direct conflict with my view and my vision for the administration of justice. Now, as state attorney, those views will not impact the administration of law, and I will continue to follow the law. But I also realize that it's time for me to move forward and to continue the pursuit of justice in a different capacity. 
All right, let's flash back now to Ayala in April of last year announcing that she will refuse to seek the death penalty in any murder case that comes before her. While I currently do have discretion to pursue death sentences, I have determined that doing so is not in the best interest of this community or the best interest of justice. After careful review and consideration of the new statute, under my administration, I will not be seeking death penalty in, in the cases handled in my office. That's where the big furor started, and it has continued. Um, where are you on Ayala bowing out? She's a social justice warrior. She'll find something else to do, whether it's elective office or whatever it has to do. No question about that. I mean, she did achieve something um, really of, of great note, becoming the first black state attorney ever in the state of Florida. It's a tremendous achievement. Um, she had a lot of help to get there. We'll have that in just a second, just to refresh your memory. But during her campaign against Jeff Ashton, who was the failed prosecutor on the, on the, on the, the Casey Anthony case, you'll remember, who's now a judge, by the way, and wouldn't comment uh, on, on what's going on with Ayala here. But her platform during that race, I mean, she talked a lot about prosecuting personal crimes, uh, domestic violence, etc., said she'd bridge the gap between communities who perceived an inequity in justice. That's minority communities, particularly the black community and, and, and her office. But never was there a mention of her absolute opposition to the death penalty. And as we know, her subsequent, when she became uh, sworn in, uh, refusal to prosecute any death penalty cases. As I say, she had a lot of help getting in. Um, she was flooded with money from a political action committee from George Soros, the left-wing radical billionaire, you know, who's always supporting these extreme left-wing social causes, threw a million dollars into a little race like this, and, uh, and there was publicity all over the place. And, um, and so that, that, that really had a lot to do with her winning this thing. But the timeline is this. Ayala, in, um, in January of 2017, is sworn in as the Orange Osceola State Prosecutor. Uh, and she said, you know, when I ran for office, I don't recall the death penalty ever coming up. Actually, it doesn't surprise me because at that point, the death penalty had been ruled unconstitutional. But it was always out there and likely to come back. Uh, come on, please. This is the great deception for which I've never been able to forgive Aramis Ayala. Um, and she knew exactly what she was doing by hiding her stance on this absolutely key issue anywhere in the state of Florida. Three days after she assumes office, uh, we have the brutal murder of Orlando Police Lieutenant Deborah Clayton, killed execution style ultimately in an Orlando Walmart parking lot, and the suspect still awaiting trial, and it's very open and shut that he did it, is Mark Keith Lloyd. He wasn't going to get the death penalty. Then Governor Rick Scott went through the roof, demanded that she recuse herself from that case she would not, and eventually took her off all death penalty cases, reassigned them elsewhere, and, um, and, and, and what he did uh, was ruled um, and approved uh, by the court. So there you go. Um, critics say that Ayala didn't run on the platform advocating repeal of the death penalty, and they absolutely are right. Yaffe, I've always had a huge problem with Ayala because I think that was an intentional, gross deception. Well, not only that, but I agree with the 
Florida Supreme Court in that decision, signing with Rick Scott, they basically said, look, yeah, as a prosecutor, you have some discretion, but that's not what she was doing. It wasn't discretion for an individual case. She was basically changing the law and the death penalty law in her district. And the court's like, no, 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 you can't do that. So, yeah, I have a real problem with her, too. Yep. But not everybody does. There are those on her side. Local civil rights attorney Natalie Jackson quoted yesterday with this news. Ayala broke the glass ceiling for African-Americans in Florida as the first black state attorney. And indeed she did. And one of the few women in the position. Absolutely true. Jackson continues. My activist friends, social warriors all, are always talking about Ayala and wondering what her next move will be. She's doing what criminal justice reformists have been talking about for the past 20 years. That's why we need people like her in these leadership positions. I know she's not over it. She has plans. She's not done. Oh, she will be back. She is a committed social justice warrior here who is going to put her thumb on the scale for minorities... Minority defendants, because she feels like the criminal justice system has been unfair to them. And there are cases where that is undeniably true, of course, you know. But we're talking about equal justice here, aren't we? So I'm very happy that she's not going to be in that position anymore. Former Chief Judge Belvin Perry is very interested in running, and if he runs, I think he'll he'll win it in a walk. I really do. And um, he, he has a big problem with the way Ayala has conducted herself and the deception on the death penalty as well. I'd be shocked if he didn't win this thing if he decides to get in. Um, so there we are. Your take on Ayala and your reaction to my commentary Let's talk, shall we? 407-916-5400, text line 23680, forgive me, 23680, where standard message and data rates apply. Scary local headline for you right now, an 11-year-old girl recovering after being bitten on the foot by a venomous snake, reportedly a rattlesnake, during a holiday weekend camping trip. According to our news partner, Fox 35, Kelly Bajak, and said her family was camping at Blue Spring State Park on Sunday night when daughter Abigail was walking down a trail to the spring. That's when Kelly said Abigail yelled out that a snake bit her. Updates at least every 10 minutes in the top stories here in Good Morning Orlando. Radio is the easy-to-use app for music and radio. Download the free iHeartRadio app today. What thrills the Bud Man? The departure of Aramis Ayala. She's not going to seek re-election as the state attorney in Orange and Osceola County. Let's see what the texters think because they are lighting it up this morning, gang. Yeah, a lot of good texts coming in from our audience. You can text at 23680. One person said, State attorney is not running for re-election because she knows that the majority of the public would not re-elect her anyway because of her political statements that we've been talking about. Another person, though, says, Ayala only achieved that position by lying to the voters. She's a fake and a fraud and good riddance. <laughs> We've got another one that says, Glad to see her go. Another liberal out. Belvin Perry has my vote. Yeah, another says uh, Belvin's a saint compared to Wyella. He'd be an excellent state attorney, and I think he would be. It's interesting. I've never known about Belvin Perry's politics, you know. I mean, as a judge, I just haven't really thought about it much, but I was reading in prep for this uh, segment here this morning 
that he was a Republican until January of this year, changed his registration to Democrat, which is interesting. Probably thinks it'll help him get elected to something. Maybe it'll help him get along better at Morgan & Morgan. Yeah, he's an attorney there, and he's been you know, the legal analyst for Channel 9 for a couple of years, famous, of course, for being the judge in the, uh, in the Casey Anthony trial. So far, my favorite texter, Bud, says that I L might as well run for president because everyone else is. Ah, there you go. And um, somebody else is working me over on, an, on a related issue. Uh, why is no one talking about why Ayala's husband has not been arrested for voting illegally? Bud looks the other way when it comes to voter fraud. Here, uh-huh. just a minute. <coughs> Let me turn my head around. Okay, now I'm facing forward. Uh, <laughs> right. I've never known you to look the other way for voter fraud. It's something we've talked about a lot. <laughs> I know. I know. And the texters, man, I'm telling you, they, they just they'll pick you to death, all right? Don't worry, gang, you're throwing spitballs at a battleship. I barely feel it. <laughs> but seriously, um, it's an interesting point because um, David Ayala, Aramis's husband, um, you know, was at tears when Amendment 4 was passed and he was able to vote again because he, you know, he's a convicted felon. But the records show um, that he voted twice in Seminole County in 2012 and 2011, even though he was a convicted felon. And the point is being made here is why has he never been arrested? As far as I know, he has not. And I think that is an excellent point raised by our texter. I, I mean, do. when you're when you're close with the state attorney. Look, I think his excuse is honest and I forgive him. I mean, he simply did not know the law. Yeah, ignorance of the law is no excuse. Did I once hear that said? Is that still true? I think so. It yeah, should be yeah. if yeah. it's not. You know, I mean, you know, we, we, we're not always right here, but I guarantee you, and I'll speak for the rest of this staff here, that when we say something from this microphone, we believe it, and we believe it to be true. I, we, you know, I'm sorry. I, I've never been able to handle deceivers, and liars. That is what you have in Aramis Ayala. There is no doubt in my mind. She absolutely knew when she was running that she would try to undercut the death penalty if she got in. She was afraid she'd lose too many votes to get elected if she owned up to it during the campaign. And it is incredible to me that nobody actually directly asked her that question because I don't have a quote of her lying about it. Uh, How that never came up in the campaign, you know, is journalistic malpractice at the very least. Anyway, so there we are, and goodbye, Aramis Ayala. Now, later in the show, we've been talking about Orange County Mayor Jerry Demings, who had a big problem with Ayala when he was the sheriff, you know, off the death penalty thing, and Markeith Lloyd, et cetera, et cetera, by the way, and he happens to be black, as you know. Belvin Perry, who's black, also had a huge problem with Ayala. But at 7 o'clock, Demings is trying to sell us on the need for a 1% hike in the Orange County sales tax to fund transportation. Some roads, but mostly it's, you know, the bus system links and the rail system, um, Sunrail. And the editorial board of the Orlando Sentinel, one of these power broker organizations here in this town, I think they run this town, and I'm sadly I'm afraid they they, to a large degree, do, you know, are making a big pitch for what Demings wants. And we are opposed to it. And we're going to talk about it in our 7 o'clock hour. 
But down the hallway from the newsroom, our co-host Alan Spector, uh, all geared up for the bottom of the hour news update. Alan, so what's coming? Well, bud, Floridians are worried about hurricane season, and Volusia County's school superintendent gets the axe. Those stories and others, along with traffic and weather together, in just two minutes, 629 on Good Morning Orlando. Alan, it's amazing how fast we move through the month of May, and the month of June is upon us, and that has significance for Floridians, doesn't it? It does. Hurricane season officially starts this Saturday, bud, and Floridians are concerned. That's the finding of a survey by AAA. Our survey found that 92% of Floridians are worried about the upcoming hurricane season, but nearly one in five are more concerned than last year. I think that you have a series of hurricanes that have come through and impacted Florida in the past few years. However, AAA's Mark Jenkins says 62% of Floridians say they would only evacuate for a Category 3 hurricane or higher, and one in five would ignore evacuation warnings. Hmm. So they're not concerned enough, apparently. Yeah, you know, I think a lot of folks feel like they're worried about, you know, security in their home, and they want to stay in there if the home is going to hold at a one or a two. Yeah, if, if I wasn't planning to evacuate, I'd also be worried. Mm-hmm. There you go. <laughs> this news brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. That $19 billion disaster relief bill that includes money for the panhandle to rebuild after Hurricane Michael is stuck in the U.S. House. However, Senator Rick Scott is hopeful it will be passed soon. I'm hoping that the House will pass, House will pass it this week uh, and get that, uh, get that implemented so we can get that money here. The Florida Republican was in Pensacola to talk about hurricane preparedness. Volusia County will soon be looking for a new school superintendent. The school board voted 3-2 to two yesterday to fire Superintendent Tom Russell. That's effective June 30th. Board members cited communication problems, low state ratings, and lengthy teacher contract negotiations as the reasons for getting rid of Russell after four years in charge. He made $175,000, but his severance package will be worth at least $250,000. A stripper is under arrest for the weekend crash that killed three teenage soccer players in Miami-Dade County. North Miami police say 31-year-old Mariam Kulabali was driving drunk at the time of the crash. In the Tampa Bay area, a man's facing charges after getting pulled over on the interstate and accused of DUI with his kids in the car. Hillsboro deputies got a tip from the highway patrol that a driver was swerving from lane to lane, barely missing other cars. A deputy pulled over 38-year-old Armando Olivero on I-75 late Sunday night with his three small children in the car, ages 6, 7, and 8. The sheriff's office says Olivero's blood alcohol level was more than twice the legal limit. He's also facing a charge of child neglect. Gordon Bird, News Radio 93.1 WFLA. And bud, that private El Paso border wall that we've been talking about this week yeah. might not have the proper permit to build. At least that's what the mayor of Sunland Park, New Mexico, says regarding Build the Wall's private border wall project. Work started over the weekend on private land on the border in Sunland Park next door to El Paso. But yesterday, the mayor, Javier Perea, said a building permit filed on Friday was incomplete. That'll be interesting to see how that plays out. They've yeah. already sunk that thing in concrete. Are yep. they supposed to take it down yeah. or what? Get that thing out of here. We'll watch for it. <laughs> WFLA News Time is 6.36. Headline right now as we set up our talk topic here on the 
the heading of what's bugging the bud man. Uh, Trump-hating celebrity attorney Michael Avenatti in all kinds of legal trouble. Uh, he was arraigned yesterday, says he's going to fight a couple of federal cases after pleading non-guilty. He spoke outside of the court in lower Manhattan, adding that he looks forward to being fully exonerated. Avenatti stands accused of stealing $300,000 from his client, Stormy Daniels, and separately faces charges that he tried to extort more than $20 million from Nike. If he gets convicted on all of the things he's charged with, he could be sentenced to up to, are you ready, 400 years in prison. Updates at least every 10 minutes in our top stories on Good Morning Orlando. Dave Ramsey, weekdays 3 till 5 p.m., News Radio 93.1. So a guy with an ego the size of Avenatti is going to have a hard time, you know, admitting his guilt, and he didn't yesterday. Uh, and he's got to deflect the blame. This all of this that's happening to me has got to be somebody else's fault. Uh, how about Trump? For over 20 years, I have represented Davids versus Goliaths across this nation in many courthouses just like this. I am now facing the fight of my life against the ultimate Goliath, the Trump administration. I am confident that when a jury of my peers passes judgment on my conduct, that justice will be done and I will be fully exonerated unbelievable i mean come on mike are you kidding me trump made you try to extort 20 million bucks from nike trump caused you to steal from stormy daniel please you know i was thinking too that stormy daniels is upset at him oh you know, yeah. he's not a fan of avenatti now and she's not on trump's side so this is a hard argument to make boy is it ever that's what's bugging the bud man this morning. You talk about chutzpah, that's it. Wow. Now there's the Marine veteran, Harrison Floyd, who is uh, running as a Republican for a congressional seat in the state of Georgia. So he puts together a spot. Yaffe's posted the video on the website, WFLAOrlando.com, keyword Budman. That'll take you where you need to go. You need to see it. It's 30 seconds long, and he's being demonized as calling essentially for the murder of of socialist candidates like Bernie Sanders and, um, well, she's not a candidate, but AOC, okay, because they are pictured in the spot. And uh, all he says is, as you will hear, you know, I will fight socialism and socialists, and their pictures come up, the way I fought the enemy in Afghanistan. And there he is in uniform with a rifle in Afghanistan. Are you kidding me? They're suggesting that it is outrageous. He is calling for the murder of members of Congress. Here comes the Harrison Floyd spot. My name is Harrison Floyd. I'm a fourth generation military veteran, a former United States Marine. I'm running for Congress because my family and I didn't fight for our freedoms to allow our country to fall to socialism. I'll fight socialists in Congress the same way I fought terrorists in the desert. So help me God. I'm Harrison Floyd and I approve this message. By the way, Harrison Ford happens to be a black Republican his white opponent, Carolyn Bordeaux, has jumped on this with a lot of other folks on the left who said, this is outrageous. 
this video threatening to shoot AOC and Bernie Sanders to death, that violence is absolutely no place in our public discourse, and I denounce this abhorrent video in the strongest possible term. This message doesn't represent Georgia values, and for Harrison Floyd to enter this race by inciting violence is wrong. The loony left has come completely unhinged. It's unbelievable that they are demonizing this patriot who has served this country from this great family with a military background that somehow is advocating the murder of the likes of Bernie Sanders and AOC because right when he shows their images, he shows an image of him toting a rifle in defense of this country in Afghanistan. Really? Is that bugging you, along with Abenati, half as much as it's bugging the Bud Man? I'd like to know. 407-916-5400, text line 23680, where standard message and data rates apply. We roll on with an update right now on Orlando's news, weather, and traffic in only two minutes on Good Morning Orlando. Headlines from the Space Coast right now. A Brevard County man described as a career criminal is dead after a shootout with deputies in Indian River County. 41-year-old Ryan Thomas was killed in the shootings last week on I-95 near Vero Lake Estates. Deputies say Thomas shot them during shot at them during a chase and he was killed when they returned fire. Thomas was wanted for a drug charge that dates back a couple of years and his criminal background dates back almost 25 years. Updates at least every 10 minutes in our top stories. We keep it up for you on Good Morning Orlando. From News Radio 93.1, this is Good Morning Orlando. So, what's bugging the Bud Man? A Marine running for Congress in Georgia being demonized by the left. He's running as a Republican. He juxtaposes image of socialists that he will fight if he is in Congress. The images of Bernie Sanders and AOC. Uh, and that is followed by, I'll fight them just the way I fought the enemy in Afghanistan, shot of him in uniform with his rifle uh, in, in a combat situation, it appears. And somehow a link is made that he is advocating the murder of a couple of Democrats in Congress. Please. Yeah, I think it's because they fear him, though. He is a type of candidate they fear. Uh, a Marine veteran who's also black and who wants to fight against socialism, strong Republican. The Democrats don't know what to do with that. No. They're going to attack him any way they can. Maybe he should claim that uh, it's racist, that they're racist against him. Interesting because, <laughs> yeah, and, and what are your thoughts on this, Melissa? Both Avenatti and this, whichever one you want to pick or whatever. Well, I'll take this one right now um, with uh, Mr. Harrison Floyd. Yeah, it does seem like if you want to take it that way that it's a threat. But if you're a socialist, then you should be threatened, you know. I, uh, but I don't see it as, oh, no, I'm going to shoot everybody down or you know, any of the words that are in there. They're just so twisted. Well, Trump is going to put socialism on trial in 2020. That is very, very clear. Okay. Yeah, Larry Kudlow said that in his CPAC speech. we got to put socialism on trial. I That's like that. his economic advisor, and that didn't yeah. come out of his mouth without Trump green lighting it all the way, I promise you. No doubt about yeah. that. Somebody's taken me to task. And why does Bud make that congressional commercial about race um didn't make it about race i mentioned the racial component here because i think and yaffe yaffe fleshed it out here a little bit as to why that's a problem for the democrats this guy's a black republican and uh and they fear him uh the texture says who cares what color he 
or his opponent is. It's the left. Socialism, that is the issue. And that is true. But it's the demonizing of a good man and a patriotic man who has served this country with an outrageous charge that that spot is advocating the murder of two Democrats in Congress who hold socialist views. It does not. That is outrageous. You know, and if I saw that commercial, you know, before we started talking about it and before we saw the reaction to it, if I just saw it on TV or something, it would not have even crossed my mind that he was talking about inciting violence or actually killing members of Congress. Everyone who's honest with themselves, they know what he meant. He's in a uniform with a gun in his lap, yeah. If he's someone, he's going to see that as a threat. Well, he's holding the gun, as I understand. He's standing up the rifle, as I recall that. You need to go look at the at the spot. But, Yaffe, can you cue it up and run it again for folks who were just kind of connecting to this and digesting all of this? And in the middle, when he says, I will fight socialists in Congress the way I fought the enemy in Afghanistan, on the screen are brief images of Bernie Sanders and Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, followed by Harrison Floyd, U.S. Marine, in his combat fatigues in Afghanistan, rifle in hand. And his opponent, who is, uh, who is a white Democrat in Georgia, and others are saying this is a man advocating the murder of two people in Congress with whom he does not ideologically agree. Let's roll it. My name is Harrison Floyd. I'm a fourth generation military veteran, a former United States Marine. I'm running for Congress because my family and I didn't fight for our freedoms to allow our country to fall to socialism. I'll fight socialists in Congress the same way I fought terrorists in the desert. So help me God. I'm Harrison Floyd and I approve this message. I hope we painted the word picture, but there's nothing like actually seeing the video for yourself. Go to the website, WFLAOlando.com, keyword Budman. Bud, Central Florida's stifling heat wave continues, and a controversial prosecutor will not seek re-election. Those stories and others and traffic and weather together in just two minutes, 6.59 on Good Morning Orlando. WFLF Fine Hills, Orlando, WMGF HD3 Mount Dora, Orlando, and W226BT Orlando. News Radio 93.1 WFLA and iHeart Radio Station. Good morning, Orlando. Delighted to have you with us here on a bright and beautiful Wednesday morning at 7 o'clock as we update Orlando's news, weather, and traffic. Once again on News Radio 93.1, WFLA-FM, AM 540, and the iHeartRadio app. I'm Bud Hedinger. And I'm Alan Spector. Our top story this hour, still hot and no let up in sight. More in one minute. The strategy of Orange County power brokers backing Deming's sales tax hike. Our take and yours next on Good Morning Orlando. Temperatures will be stifling hot again in the Orlando area today and will likely stay that way for at least the rest of the week. AccuWeather, as we told you, is forecasting a high today of 97. 
But I asked meteorologist Carl Babinski, what will it actually feel like? Well, it will actually feel like it's greater than 100, Alan. That's a good point. Uh, humidity levels are still moderately high, which will result in uh, the, the apparent temperature topping out near 105. But in terms of breaking down these actual records for these uh, various dates, you know, we haven't broken one in Orlando the last couple of days, but we've come so close. And the record high temperature for this date in Orlando is 100, set back in 1908. It's still just absolutely brutal, even though it's not as humid as it as it often is here. But that's it's, true. It's just it's just oh, it's miserable. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's the word for I it. I mean, it's okay this time of day when that sun gets up there higher. Forget it. This news brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. As I said earlier this morning, as bad as the heat is here, it could be much worse if you think about what they're going through in the Midwest. Most of the Kansas City, Missouri area was spared after a tornado struck the state yesterday. The Kansas City International Airport was hit by storm debris, delaying flights for several hours. About a dozen people were injured by the tornado that showed up just west of the city. And for folks who aren't hit with the tornadoes, I mean, they're being hit with floods. I was hearing that every county in Oklahoma has significant flooding right now. Yep. Incredible. A Central Florida prosecutor who sparked controversy by refusing to pursue the death penalty is announcing she will not run for re-election. Orange Osceola State Attorney Aramis Ayala said in a video posted on Facebook that her views on capital punishment led her to this decision. Now, as state attorney, those views will not impact the administration of law, and I will continue to follow the law. But I also realize that it's time for me to move forward and to continue the pursuit of justice in a different capacity. Governor Rick Scott had assigned Ayala's cases to another state attorney because of her stand on the death penalty, and that decision was upheld by the Florida Supreme Court. That was hot topic number one in our 6 o'clock hour big story. And, but at least one person is expressing interest in succeeding Ayala. Former Judge Belvin Perry says he's thinking about running for state attorney. Perry best known for presiding over the Casey Anthony trial. The confessed Parkland killer was in court and getting emotional. What was Nicholas Cruz's mental state before the Parkland massacre? Just one of the reasons why prosecutors want to use his medical records as evidence at trial. Cruz told deputies he was hearing voices that told him to kill, but today in court, prosecutors played video from his Instagram account where he introduced himself as Nick, saying he would be the next school shooter. Uh, here's the plan. I'm going to go take an Uber in the afternoon before 2.40. From there, I'll go into the uh, to school campus, walk up the stairs, load my bags, and get my AR and shoot people. Cruz put his head in his handcuffed hands and covered his ears as the video played. The judge says she'll make a ruling by week's end. Wendy Grossman, News Radio 93.1 WFLA. Obviously way too late for his regrets, huh? Oh, yeah. Mm. The Jacksonville Jaguars will not have their franchise quarterback at practice for the foreseeable future. Nick Foles has been excused from the team due to personal reasons, and there's no timetable for his return. Jaguars head coach Doug Marone says the team's thoughts and prayers are with Foles, but would not give an explanation for his absence. The Jags signed Foles to a four-year, $91 million contract in March to serve as their starting quarterback and parted ways with former UCF star Blake Bortles. Boy, that's unusual, isn't it? Yeah. I'd like to know what's going on with Foles there, who always seemed to be a very together guy, yep. did he not? Yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. So we'll keep an eye on that story. WFLA News Time is 7.07. Navy pilots reported multiple UFO sightings off the East Coast. That story's online at WFLAOrlando.com. 
Like as a... <laughs> yay, yay. What's the matter there? <laughs> Unident- unidentified object in the throat? Exactly. <laughs> a UFO just flew down my mouth and uh, started choking me. Oh, that story is online. <laughs> when in doubt, blame aliens. That story is online at WFLAOrlando.com. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at WFLAOrlando. And the second hour of Good Morning Orlando starts now. Welcome to the 50,000-watt front porch. News Radio 93.1 WFLA. <laughs> the Bud Man here alongside <laughs> Alan Spector. We okay over there? Yeah, I'm okay. Uh, cough right. button. It's called the cough button. Yeah, we have that right over there. See that? They even spell a word Say, for what's you. What's his name? Alan <laughs> Sputum? <laughs> Something <Yeah>. like that. <laughs> that was Melissa Fox. Our executive producer is Yaffe, and we are ready to go. You remember a couple of weeks ago when Orange County Mayor Jerry Demings, I mean, who I personally like and thought he did a really good job on his first State of the County speech here, trotted out what I told you was coming from him because I could read the tea leaves and I saw the red flags on the horizon, a sales tax hike. He wants a one penny on the dollar sales tax hike for Orange County to fund transportation. Primarily, he says, Sunrail and the bus system links. Some roads in there as well. We're opposed to it. They've got a nearly $4.5 billion budget to play with here, move some money around, find the money if transportation is that big a priority, Mr. Mayor, and don't hang the taxpayers with a tax hike. But the power brokers in this county are lining up behind the mayor to get this done. And among them, the editorial board of the Orlando Sentinel. I'll give you their pitch for the sales tax here in a moment. And then I want to ask you, can the power brokers sell you on a sales tax hike in Orange County? So you'll support it on Election Day 2020. And what do you want to tell the power brokers about a sales tax hike? 407-916-5400, text line 23680, and we'll dive in right after this. And we'll give you an update of Orlando's news, weather, and traffic in just two minutes. 709 on Good Morning Orlando. Headlines right now and an update on that much-anticipated disaster relief bill that could be headed to President Trump's desk soon. Senator Rick Scott discussed the bill while visiting Pensacola yesterday to urge people to be prepared for the upcoming hurricane season. That bill failed to pass the House last week after it passed the Senate, but Scott says he is hopeful the House will pass it this week. The $19 billion bill includes money for the panhandle to rebuild in the ravages of Hurricane Michael. Updates for you at least every 10 minutes in the top stories, and we do it on Good Morning Orlando. News, weather, traffic. This is Good Morning Orlando on News Radio 93.1 WFLA. So the Orange County power brokers, you know, the big time players, the suits at all levels are lining up behind or behind Orange County Mayor Jerry Demings to whip up support for the passage of a sales tax hike that the mayor wants to see on the ballot in 2020. It would take us one cent on the dollar increase here from 6.5% sales tax 
to 7.5% sales tax if approved. Demings wants it for transportation, principally public transportation. The bus system links to be expanded. It's drowning in red ink. Not enough routes, he says. Not enough buses. Too long. People have to wait. It's too inconvenient. And then there is Sunrail, and I've told you taxes are coming. Tax hikes are coming all along the route because the state is going to stop funding the operation to Sunrail, which is hemorrhaging red ink from low ridership uh, in 2021. So Jerry Demings is out in front on that. He says there'll be some roads as well, but it's principally public transportation. And the Orlando Sentinel editorial board is just, oh, boy, can't wait. This is great. Osceola counties went down in flames, but they have a whole blueprint for how you avoid that happening. Here is the headline in their editorial yesterday, how Orange County's sales tax vote can avoid an Osceola-like shellacking. And uh, they say, well, you know, an Osceola went down like 67%. No, okay, we remember that. And they actually, they were opposed to Osceola County. They didn't like the way the thing was structured. They thought it was was put up for consideration too late, et cetera, et cetera. But they're all over this increase at the Orlando Sentinel editorial board uh, of the sales tax in in Orange County. They just love this, okay? And they say, you know what? What happened in Osceola doesn't have to be Orange County's fate. It can learn from what Osceola did wrong. Specifically, don't spring the question on voters. Um, they only had like three months to get ready for this down there. And somehow that if we hear about it long enough, we'll buy into it. If they keep pounding at home, how wonderful it is that somehow, you know, we'll just be like, you know, mindless lemmings here and we will just follow and uh, we'll go to the polls and we'll approve this thing. Not me. Um, at any rate, uh, they, they like that Demings has gotten out in front on this because we're talking about the 2020 ballot. Lots of lead time there. Need to build trust that they didn't have it in Osceola County. Make it less about asphalt, meaning roads, and more about moving people, meaning public transportation. That's what, that's what they like there. They think this was a big mistake made by Osceola County. Um, so, so here you go. The power brokers are all behind this thing. Now, my question to you is, can they sell you on voting yes for a one-cent-on-the-dollar sales tax hike in Orange County in 2020, taking us from 6.5% on the dollar to 7.5% on the dollar, principally for links and for Sunrail, with some roads in there. What would you want to tell the power brokers who are pushing this, convinced that they know best? I am convinced they don't know best. They're not advocating what is best for Orange County. And the people who not only live here, but come in here to work and will get hit with this. And visit the area in Orange County and will get hit with this tax increase. So it's going to affect everybody in Central Florida one way or another. I can't support the mayor. I think he's an honest, earnest man, and I wish him well in office. But you have $4.4 billion a year in the Orange County budget. If you want to prioritize something, you take money away from lower-priority budget items and you move it to the high-priority budget item. He has defined, the mayor has, as transportation, public transportation, as a major priority. Move some of that money around from the vast amount of money you have to work with in this increasingly prosperous county. That's how you fund public transportation. You don't hit the public with a sales tax hike to get it done. 
That's the easy way out, and it is the wrong thing to do. 407-916-5400, text line 23680, where standard message and data rates apply. So what about it? Are you with the power brokers and the mayor, or are you with the bud man? Could they sell you on a sales tax hike? And if so, what would they have to say? And what do you want to tell the power brokers? That's what the 50,000-watt front porch is all about, 407-916-5400, and our text line, 23680, where standard message and data rates apply. To the phone lines and the text line on the power brokers promoting Jerry Deming's Orange County sales tax hike. Are you with them or against them? Let's talk. And we will after we update Orlando's news, weather, and traffic. And that happens in only two minutes. So hang around if you can right here on News Radio 93.1 WFLA FM AM 540 and the iHeartRadio app. Headlines right now. A couple of Republican congressmen are taking President Trump to task for siding with the North Korean dictator and blasting a Democratic candidate for president while in Japan. Pete King of New York, Adam Kinzinger of Illinois, saying it's wrong uh, to agree with Kim Jong-un and taking a shot at former Vice President Joe Biden. We talked about this yesterday. The North Korean leader said that Biden is a low IQ idiot, and Trump essentially said, you know what? I think he probably is. Updates at least every 10 minutes. I know Tom Story's here, and good morning, Orlando. iHeartRadio is the easy-to-use app for music and radio. Download the free iHeartRadio app today. All right, let's get to the phones and the text line right now. Uh, Alan, let's go to line one, That's shall we? Brian calling in from Orlando. Good morning, Brian. Good morning. Good morning, bud. First of all, thank you for providing this show to Orlando. Uh, we're surrounded by morons and, and Democrats. Unbelievable. So I'm actually considering <laughs> running for county commissioner in Seminole County, and here would be my answer. My answer would be this. You're going to raise taxes in one area. You're going to decrease taxes in another area because you're going to balance a budget. And in Orlando or Orange County, it's simple. You lower the millage rate for those who pay a mortgage. And if these other clowns want to ride the links and want to provide and, and ride these trains, these boondoggles, fine. They can do that, but they can pay for it. You know, it's interesting, Brian. And, and Alan, we recall in the State of the County address right off the top, uh, Mayor Deming said we're not going to have a property tax increase, but he's not talking about what Brian's talking about, uh, giving people a break, essentially, on property taxes. Exactly. No, no, he's not. Brian, thank you for doing what you do, bud. Well, thank you for being with us on the 50,000-watt front porch, and it's not just me. Believe me, we got a great, great team, the best we have ever had here with Alan, Yaffe, and Melissa. Let's get into the text line right now. And you guys, I want your take on what uh, you know. the power brokers like the Sentinel Editorial Board and others, Chamber of Commerce, are all going to back the, the Deming sales tax hike. And you know, I, I've given you the plan for uh, moving money into transportation if you want to do it, and it does not include raising taxes on the backs of the people. Well, I mean, this is the problem with this. I think there's a good chance that this will actually pass because it will be sold as we need this money for all these things that will help you. But when it comes to these tax increases, it never stops with just one tax increase. This is how we constantly go down this road. This is how these big cities, in the long run, end up being overtaxed and people leave. It starts with a little tax hike here, then another tax hike here, then another tax hike sure. here. And this is the problem because they always want think more taxes and bigger government is the solution. And text line incoming, what do we see? 
Yes, one person says, uh, read my lips, no new taxes. <laughs> another uh-huh. one said, no, uh, another excuse for sloppy management. Not going to have it. And we've got use the tourism dollars. Their workers are exactly who are going to benefit from better public transportation. Uh, my question is, um, and Yaffe said he thinks this will pass because it'll be sold as helping out these various areas. Which I disagree. Is, I don't. Which, I think it's going down, and we're going to do what we can to put it down. But these areas include Sunrail, as you mentioned, and Links. Yeah. You know how many people actually uh, use either of those services? Uh, they, how many people are impacted by it and are going to want to spend money on something they don't use? That is a great point, and the Sentinel uh, board is all over the idea. They like this. It's better than Osceola, which was a lot of roads in there and not a lot of public transit. They think this is a good thing, but you're right. One of the problems is not enough people ride the bus or the rails, and percentage-wise of the population, they're not a whole lot of folks who are going to be wild about you know the tax increase. I think that's a great point, and I think that's a weak uh, a weak part of the pitch here to make it all about public transportation, Alan. Yep. I do. Your daily Jeopardy! James update. Those stories and others, plus traffic and weather together in just two minutes. 7.30 on Good Morning Orlando. Alan, before we uh, kick it over to you for an update on the news at the bottom of the hour, one, things I, one thing I love about our show and the 50,000-watt front porch is we get all kinds of viewpoints and we get all kinds of ideas that, you know, sometimes we don't think of. Here's a case in point. Let's bring on Rob in Orlando. Good morning. You're on with the Budman, Alan, Yaffe, and Melissa. Good morning, Rob. Hey, good morning, gang. Thanks for having me. Hey, I just, I would task uh, Mayor Demings, put a, embed a link um, in the SunRail or the county city website. People can go and donate their own money. You know, there's, there's ways of crowdfunding. Give people a choice if they want to take their hard-earned dollars and pay for these, uh, for these projects. Well, what do you think we're going to get? Are we going to get millions and millions of crowdfund no, donations here? No, absolutely not. That's the point. <laughs> yeah, so that's what, what I thought. What, what is, what's going to happen is they're going to say, well, you know, we're going to have to cut police and fire and, and schools. That's the route they're going to end up going if they can't get the tax increase. So just give people And that, that is how they will scare people into voting for it. If they demagogue it and play that game, we're going to be all over them, Rob. And thanks for sounding the alarm on that because I think you may be right. I think with crowdfunding, we could raise enough money for a one-way ticket on SunRail. Yes, and we need to get on it right now. Mm-hmm. I got it. Possibly a round trip. You know, if we really get well, the cam whip, campaign whipped up. Yeah, that may take a few weeks. But mm-hmm, yeah, <laughs> Tell you what's not going to take a few weeks. It's only a few days until hurricane season. Alan? Yeah, but emergency managers might be concerned about the results in a new AAA survey of Floridians just days away from hurricane season. 21% say they would ignore evacuation warnings, and 62% would only leave for a Category 3 hurricane or greater. But AAA's Mark Jenkins points out that all hurricanes should be taken very seriously. You take a look at a Category 1 or Category 2 storm, you're talking about uh, wind speeds of 74 to 110 miles per hour. And, and, I mean, just a tree falling over on the house can have devastating consequences. The six-month Atlantic hurricane season begins Saturday. The news is brought to you by Trustco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. The Florida Forest Service is urging residents to use caution when using anything flammable outside. Their daily report on fire danger shows almost every Florida county is in the moderate or high range, making forest fires more probable in the state. 
Safety officials say the lack of humidity and rainfall is creating this increased risk of fires. Over on the Gulf Coast, the owner of three pit bulls suspected of mauling an elderly Brooksville woman could end up paying more money out of pocket. According to the Hernando County Sheriff's Office, 55-year-old Ralph Hughes was already fined $1,500 for a January incident in which those same three dogs were ticketed for being unlicensed and not having their shots, in addition to being a nuisance. This time, Hughes could end up paying $2,100 in fines. He's already surrendered the dogs to be put down. The victim remains hospitalized with severe dog bites to her legs. Her injuries, we're told, are not life-threatening. Gordon Bird, News Radio 93.1 WFLA. If you like to Fish, you can do it for free during two upcoming weekends here in Florida. License-free saltwater fishing is coming up this weekend, June 1st and 2nd, and those who wish to pursue freshwater fishing can do so license-free on June 8th and 9th, the following weekend. The Florida Fish and Wildlife Conservation Commission says the free fishing days are an opportunity for recreational anglers that are not licensed to experience fishing in Florida. And get more people hooked. On fishing. Hey, good one. You took the bait on that. Yeah, I got new writers I'm now. I'm proud We're of just you. Just bringing them on, you know. The worm turns again. Ooh. Elsewhere. So, what else is new? Host Alex Trebek started last night's episode of Jeopardy by asking the question Who needs Powerball? All you need is 28 days on Jeopardy. <laughs> and champion James Holzhauer proved Trebek's point. The professional sports gambler from Las Vegas was again unstoppable in picking up his 29th consecutive win. He racked up more than $59,000, adding to his total winnings of now more than $2.2 million. And it's even got Bud yawning here this morning. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm not. It's just like, it's funny that this guy is so spectacular, it's become routine. Yeah. You know, I think it's interesting. I don't know if you noticed, but Progressive has brought back a commercial that they had on maybe six months or so ago of a, a, a really annoying game show player who gets all the questions right, racks up all this money. He's answering questions halfway through. You know, it 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 was James Holzhauer, you know, before James Holzhauer. Right. You're right. I remember that spot. They brought it back right yeah. now. They're, mm-hmm. they're piggybacking on this because the guy's become a national phenomenon. I can't exactly. imagine what the ratings are in Jeopardy. A baseball card has been sold by a Southern California auction house for $1.2 million. $1.2 million for a baseball card. It's from 1909 and features Pittsburgh Pirates Hall of Fame shortstop Honus Wagner. Only a handful of the cards are known to exist. That's because the cards were put out by a tobacco company. Honus Wagner did not approve of that and did not give the company permission to use his picture, so the company quickly stopped printing them, so only a few were ever made to begin with. He was one of the great, great stars, and I think one of the original members of the Hall of Fame. I mean, he was a great, great player. Definitely. Finally, an instructor at England's Oxford University says, Space aliens are abducting and breeding with Earthlings. Young Hei Chi says the interstellar matchmaking is aimed at creating human-alien hybrids as a hedge against climate change. She says reports of alien abductions have been increasing for several decades. The instructor who teaches Korean at Oxford bases his claims on the work of retired Temple University historian David Jacobs. Jacobs has published several books on the study of UFOs and he runs something called the International Center for Abduction Research. Yaffe, I think this must be what's populating the left wing of the Democratic Party. 
<laughs> the I, I, it might be. You know, the climate <laughs> change thing, all of that. I'm going to mm-hmm. look further into this, Alan. <laughs> well, thanks for the tip. And there is another Men in Black movie coming out. So this, <laughs> this is all very suspicious. Find these stories and more on the Good Morning Orlando page at WFLAOrlando.com. Just look for Elsewhere. With Alan Spector. Well, our time comes, you know, we don't know when, but we're all going to die. And when we die, we've got... I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No! Wait, spoiler alert. Spoiler (laughs) alert. I got to go to my safe place. I'm sorry. Oh, Oh, there goes Spectre. words. All right, get somebody else in to do the news. Spectre is having an emotional meltdown over here. Yes, it's true. It's true. And when we die, we have a couple of choices. Am I correct? We can be buried, we can be cremated, but now a third choice. What is it? Mm. Find out after we update Orlando's news, weather, and traffic in two minutes on Good Morning Orlando. (laughs) Headlines now locally, an Orange County Sheriff's deputy who helped end the standoff at the Pulse nightclub is now out of a job. Deputy Matthew Futch confirmed last week that he was fired for drinking while on duty in September and lying about it to his bosses. Futch denies it and has appealed, but says he has no desire to get his job back. An explosion Futch set as a bomb technician the night of the Pulse shooting helped deputies bring an end to that ordeal, and he reports that the stresses of the job cost him his marriage, and he is currently in therapy. Updates at least every 10 minutes on our top stories here on Good Morning Orlando. News, weather, and traffic for the best audience in talk radio. This is Good Morning Orlando on News Radio 93.1 WFLA. All right, well, Alan Spector clearly is committed to living forever, but if you don't hold that expectation, you may want to listen to what we have here coming up in a moment. Well, I'll, I'll take it under consideration. All right. Th- th- those of us who don't have this, this, this eternal dimension, um, you know, are, are going to wind up either being buried or cremated, okay? And now there is a third option, which is um, taking hold and I think could become more popular. Washington, not D.C., but the state, has just become the first state to approve human composting. I know that sounds bad. Human composting is an alternative to burial or cremation. It allows licensed facilities to offer natural organic reduction. Let me explain that as it's reported here in the Guardian publication. It turns a body mixed with substances like wood chips and straw into about two wheelbarrows full of soil in a span of several weeks. There goes Bud. <laughs> yeah, I need a third wheelbarrow for me, I'm afraid. Okay, but at any rate... Gone but not forgotten. Loved ones are allowed to keep the soil to spread just as they might spread the ashes of someone who's been cremated or even use it to plant vegetables or a tree. Supporters of the method... They say it is an environmentally friendly alternative to cremation, you know, where the remains are incinerated, which releases carbon dioxide and particulates into the air and conventional burial, which in which people are drained of their blood, pumped full of formaldehyde and other chemicals that can pollute the groundwater and placed in a nearly indestructible coffin taking up land. Human composting. Mm. What about it? When your time comes... Alan, you have to look at this from a distance here, of course, because your time is not coming. But for everybody else, would you recommend human composting? I, I would consider it. I mean, the idea that you're going to be 
placed in the ground and perhaps something grows as a result of that, you sort of live on in a way. So it's kind of a you're it there it does kind of perpetuate you, right? Mm-hmm. There's an eternal dimension to it. See? You just go on and on. Here's the thing though. What? Who wants to be the family member that spreads around their relative's compost? Well, people spread the ashes, you know. <laughs> but there's something different about the compost, wheelbarrows of compost. Hire a gardener. This tomato is <laughs> part know? bud. Yeah. I, oh, what uh, about it? Are you in for co- human composting? It's a new concept for pushing up daisies, I guess, you know. But um, Literally. I am, yeah. I'm, I'm a big fan of the Viking funeral. <laughs> Flame. Boat. What Not, what is a Viking funeral? How does that work? You put them you put them put on them like on a, this little raft, and then you set them on fire. Yeah, fire uh, arrows that are flaming to the boat. And then yeah. Poof. When I was a kid, and my grandpa died, he was the first first person close to me who ever died, and we it all went to this this place, and 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 they told me that you know behind the wall, grandpa was on fire, and it freaked me out for years. It freaked me out for years. They said that. Well, oh. and, and, and yeah, and, you know, one of the relatives, you know, you know, there's there a fire back there, and they're burning ground. You know, so it was just, it was rough, you know. Oh, I guess. Oh. You know, and then and then there's, you know, you you know, when you're in the ground and the bugs and the worms and all of that. That stuff. has always been something that's never appealed to me. Yeah. The idea of being buried. Yeah. You know, I have this fear of being buried alive. Like, well, you wake well, up. Well, you're, you're not like, going to be in a scenario where you're going to be holding your breath down there and saying, well, somebody get me out. I guess if they've drained the blood out of you, oh, as, as you wish. mentioned before, <laughs> maybe it won't be a problem. Do you think human composting will catch on? I think it might. I think it will hold appeal for environmentalists, but for other folks, too, who will say, as you said, Alan, you know, uh, well, okay, you know, here's this giant oak tree where, you know, where Grandpa mm-hmm. once lay in a wheelbarrow. <laughs> Full of wood chips and other stuff that's been degraded <laughs> to soil. See, there's just something silly about having to do I that. I know. It's a little, uh, it takes a while to get used to, doesn't it? I don't know. I like the whole idea, though. I mean, you know, it's it's better for the environment, like you were saying, because you're not jammed full of all that formaldehyde and yeah. whatnot. And, uh, you know, the, the idea that the cemeteries, I mean, you're just taking up a lot of land mm-hmm. uh, with uh, with burial. Well, here in Florida, we stack them up, you know. One on top of another. If you ever go out to Woodlawn, they're like up in the air a couple well, of stories. We've got water table issues in Florida. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. 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 It's all peninsula right. and all. Anyway, human composting, okay? Check it out. Google it and see what you think, okay? It may be your death wish. It now appears to be an increasingly popular third option, human composting. We talk about it all, don't we? And Rush with a morning update. Who knows what he'll be talking about, but I'll tell you what. It is Must Hear Radio, and it's coming right up after we update Orlando's news, weather, and traffic for you in two minutes on Good Morning Orlando. Local headlines right now. The judge who presided over the Casey Anthony trial may seek elected office. Belvin Perry says he's strongly considering running to be state attorney for Orange and Osceola counties. As we told you earlier, and we talked about it at length in the 6 o'clock hour, incumbent Aramis Ayala has announced that she will not seek re-election. Perry is currently a lawyer, says he'll announce a decision as soon as January. Updates at least every 10 minutes in our top stories. Count on it on Good Morning Orlando. You're never more than 10 minutes away from the latest news, weather, and traffic. News Radio 93.1 WFLA. We're back. We got one hour to go. 
We're going to get into presidential politics. Joe Biden held his first town hall of the campaign last night down in Houston. You know, there were more people waiting online at a Trump rally, you know, for uh, for soda pop than there were in that room. But it was a town hall and creepy Joe. uh Oh, he did it again. We're going to hear from him and we're going to ask you. And a one-word texting poll next hour. He's leading in all the polls, Biden. And in, you know, matchups against Trump in many states, he shows that he would win. And our one-word texting poll in the 8 o'clock first half hour will be this. Can Biden beat Trump? We'll ask you, don't vote now. You can if you want. But um, text either yes or no to 23680. We'll catch up with uh, with Joe on the campaign trail. We were talking about human composting now, approved in Washington State, first state to do so, as another option for your remains when you are, when you're dead. You know, it, it, burial, cremation, and now human composting. Reaction from the texters? What do we see? Ooh, some people are like, I'm Catholic. It's not a good thing here. Human composting, I'm against it because of the dignity of the human body. Uh, Yeah, uh, but... Wait a minute. Mm-hmm. What, what is in the Bible in the Old Testament in Genesis? Is something about ashes to ashes, dust to dust? Well, yeah, that is the funeral thing. In Genesis 3.19, it's by the sweat of your face, you shall eat bread till you return to the ground. For out of it you were taken, for you are dust, and to dust you shall return. Huh. Interesting there. Yeah, somebody wrote, uh, human recycling is Soylent Green next. Oh, that's the old Charlton Heston yeah. movie. The people. Yeah, yeah, remember we're that. We're eating people. Silent green is people. I mean, if you are useless in life, you'll be useful in death. So that's good. With composting. Yeah. Or soil and green, I guess. (laughs) Whatever. What's coming up on your show for the ride home, Yaffe? Um, Well, PM Orlando, 5 to 6 p.m. uh, We'll talk about the local, national breaking news. There it is. And you'll love it for your ride home this afternoon. And uh, right now we have news for folks who have... Checked in on our show at 8 o'clock with my co-host, Alan Spector. But the heat wave continues, and the Biden campaign responds to Donald Trump. Those stories and others, along with traffic and weather, together in just two minutes, 8 o'clock on Good Morning Orlando. WFLF Fine Hills, Orlando, WMGF HD3 Mount Dora, Orlando, and W226BT Orlando. News Radio 93.1 WFLA and iHeart Radio Station. Good morning, Orlando. Delighted to have you with us on the Wednesday edition of the show. And here at 8 o'clock, time for an update on Orlando's news, weather, and traffic. Coming away here and now on News Radio 93.1 WFLA FM, AM 540 in the iHeart Radio app. I'm Bud Hedinger. And I'm Alan Spector. Our top story this hour, yet another hot day ahead. More in one minute. Biden leading the polls, but is he his worst enemy? We're talking about it next on Good Morning Orlando. There is no immediate relief in sight for the hot weather we've been experiencing in central Florida this week. AccuWeather meteorologist Carl Babinski gave me the outlook for today. We are expecting Alan Highs to be in the upper 90s yet again on Tuesday, officially at Orlando International, 97 degrees. 
and it was 98 degrees at Executive Airport. So we are most definitely in the midst of a stifling heat wave. Babinski says there is no forecast for cooling rains over the next couple of days at least, so those very hot temperatures will be hanging around for now. Could we have a breeze, please? I'd settle for that right now. Let me call Carl back. Yeah, get him on a hook on that. (laughs) (laughs) Can we have a breeze, please? We're asking politely. This news brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. And while we are dealing with the heat, things could be much worse like they are in the Midwest. Last night, tornadoes ripped through the western suburbs of Kansas City, Missouri, destroying homes and injuring at least a dozen people. This man in Lawrence, Kansas, rode it out in his basement. Then I could feel the air moving the walls and I could feel air coming from above. And then all of a sudden I heard stuff flying around up above me, uh, you know, my walls and my furniture and what have you. The National Weather Service warns of a potential for more possible severe weather in the Midwest today. The controversial state attorney for Orange and Osceola counties will not seek a second term in office. In a video posted on Facebook, RMS Ayala cited the Florida Supreme Court decision to reassign cases to another state attorney because of her opposition to capital punishment. After the Florida Supreme Court's decision on the death penalty, it became abundantly clear to me that death penalty law in the state of Florida is in direct conflict with my view and my vision for the administration of justice. Ayala said she looks forward to finishing out her term as state attorney and that she plans to continue to roll out new policies, initiatives, and programs. Yeah, I explained earlier we had a lot of um, uh, incoming on this from the folks in the 6 o'clock hour about her not running again. My big problem with her has been she deceived the public. She never revealed her opposition to the death penalty until after she had won the election. And, Bud, we uh, know of at least one possible candidate to succeed Ayala, former Judge Belvin Perry, best known for presiding over the Casey Anthony trial, indicating he's interested in running for state attorney. I think he'll win. I mean, it'd be hard to beat a guy with that kind of name recognition. And I think he's pretty well regarded. I do. Now that President Trump is back on U.S. soil, the Joe Biden campaign is responding to remarks made during a four-day state visit to Japan. At a fundraiser in Houston, the former vice president said he's not going to get down in the mud wrestling with this fella, referring to the president agreeing with North Korean leader Kim Jong-un's statement that Biden is a low-IQ idiot. Earlier, an aide released a statement blasting President Trump for siding with a murderous dictator on foreign soil on Memorial Day. The president tweeted that he was actually sticking up for Biden, writing that he related Kim's quote as a much softer, low-IQ individual. Who could be upset with that? In Washington, Rachel Sutherland, Fox News. (laughs) Makes sense. We're getting into Joe Biden here in a moment, and we're going to have a one-word texting poll asking you. He's ahead in the polls by a lot now, and almost every Democrat poll out there. And uh, can Biden beat Trump? You can text yes or no to two. Three six eight zero. Pop star Ariana Grande is postponing sold-out shows scheduled for last night in Tampa and tonight in Orlando because of illness. Those concerts are rescheduled for November 24th in Tampa and November 25th in Orlando. WFLA News time is 8.08. A TV weatherman loses it on Bachelorette fans angry he interrupted their show for a tornado warning. <laughs> That story is online at WFLAOrlando.com. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at WFLA Orlando. The third hour of Good Morning Orlando starts now. Use your smart speaker. Tell Alexa to play News Radio 93.1 from iHeartRadio. 
I'm with a weather guy on that one, Alan. I started out as a weatherman in Syracuse, New York, and even back then, we got hammered when we would interrupt mm. regularly scheduled shows for news, you know, of, of, of serious weather, or up there, hey, get ready for three feet of snow in the next 10 hours. And I said, I can't believe I couldn't watch Archie Bunker or whatever it was because of your stupid weather bulletin. Yeah, well, come on. This is The Bachelorette that we're talking oh, about. Oh, okay. I don't want to. It's I'm, a whole other level. Yeah, of you're right. You're right. I'm, <laughs> crap. I'm, just, I'm sorry. I'm having trouble relating. But at any rate, that came flashing right back to the Bud Man here. That was my first legitimate job in broadcasting. And they hammered me and relentlessly. Call, is this one legitimate? or? Uh, oh, no, no. Okay. No, no, no. no. This is talk radio. That was your first and last legitimate job <laughs> in broadcasting. It's been a slow decline ever since. Are we done here? Oh, I'm done here. I'm going to kick it over to you because we're going to start talking about Joe Biden, and you tell me. I mean, we're going to take you to his town hall last night, first one he has held, and creepy Joe was at it again with a 10-year-old girl. But can Biden beat Trump? One word texting poll. Text yes or no to 23680, and the polls are open. And that's all on the way after an update of Orlando's news, weather, and traffic on Good Morning Orlando. It's 809. Headlines out of Washington now where Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell says if he gets the chance, he will push through a confirmation vote for a Supreme Court justice in 2020. In 2016, the Kentucky Republican shut down President Obama's nominee for the Supreme Court. He said then that the American people should have a voice in the selection of the next Supreme Court justice. However, with a Republican in the White House, McConnell told people at a luncheon in Paducah, Kentucky, that the vacancy would be filled. Updates at least every 10 minutes on our top stories for you. And good morning, Orlando. Dave Ramsey, weekdays 3 till 5 p.m., News Radio 93.1. Joe Biden is not showing up a whole lot on the campaign trail, not nearly as much as many of the other uh, candidates vying for the Democrat presidential nomination in 2020. He's 76. Is he being slowed a little by age? Is it a strategy because he has a reputation? as the human gaff machine who's going to say something that's going to blow up his hopes despite the fact that he is flying high in the polls among Democrats right now, the clear favorite. So small crowd last night of, um, of teacher union members for the first town hall for Biden. It seems to me that if he could fill an arena, he would have booked an arena. And I think that speaks volumes, that people are not coming out in throngs for old Joe Biden, okay? Uh, let's listen to a little bit from the town hall. Here's Biden pledging to raise government spending on public education, which he says is being shortchanged. Everybody's going to tell you how much they value education. Well, I got an expression I use. Don't tell me what you value. Show me your budget, and I will tell you what you value. All right, the teachers union folks, they just love that. Biden saying teachers pay is too low, teachers are stretched too thin with their finances and should not have to pay back the student loans. Is he a little slurry here? The answer is if you're teaching, you should be able to have your student loan basically paid off. And Biden got into a couple of other issues, among them immigration and the status of the so-called dreamers, children whose parents came to America illegally. The dreamers have already adopted the American dream. They are Americans. They already are Americans. All right, so we had a town hall with Joe Biden last night, the first that he has held. Um, I think his 
worst enemy may not be Trump. It may be himself. Uh, interesting piece in Breitbart um, about the 50 years of Joe Biden flip-flopping uh, over time on almost every issue. And this stuff is going to come back to bite him. They're going to eat him alive on the Democrat side. And if he ever makes it uh, to become the nominee, Trump will devour him over flip-flops on abortion, the Iraq war, immigration, women, desegregation, guns, you name it. And then creepy Joe Biden showed up last night as well. He just forgets he can't break his old habits, or maybe he doesn't want to. Remember, the Me Too movement got all over him for how touchy-feely he is with women and children. Um, and he said, you know, if times have changed. I'll be much more mindful. I understand it. It's my responsibility. I'll meet it. He didn't. Uh, pictures all over the place of him cozying up to a 10-year-old girl, hands on her shoulders from behind, sniffing her hair, it appears, whif- whispering into her ear, I'll bet you're as bright as you are good-looking. Uh, you know, I, I think he is his worst enemy here. But... Um, We want to know, because the Democrats right now are hanging their hopes on this guy. You tell me. Here's the one-word texting poll. Can Biden beat Trump? Vote yes or no. Text the word yes or the word no to 23680. Can Biden beat Trump? Text yes or text no to 23680. Long-form texters, and of course, the phone calls, always welcome at 407-916-5400, on the toll-free 866-916-5400, and you can text us at 23680, and uh, standard message and data rate supply there. We will check the uh, poll results, and uh, we'll talk with you and the rest of the team here on the 50,000 Watt Front Porch. The Bud Man, Alan Yaffe, and Melissa, a.k.a. The Fox, weighing in on the key question here, is Biden Biden's worst enemy? And can Biden beat Trump? It's ahead right after we update Orlando's news, weather, and traffic here in two minutes on Good Morning Orlando. Central Florida headlines right now. An 11-year-old girl recovering after being bitten on the foot by a venomous snake, reportedly a rattlesnake, during a holiday weekend camping trip. According to our news partners at Fox 35, Kelly Bajek said her family was camping at Blue Springs State Park on Sunday night when daughter Abigail was walking down a trail to the spring. And that's when Kelly said Abigail yelled out that a snake had bitten her. Updates at least every 10 minutes in our top stories here in Good Morning Orlando. Radio is the easy-to-use app for music and radio. Download the free iHeartRadio app today. The one-word texting poll still open. Can Biden beat Trump? That's what it's all about for the Democrats. Right now, they're backing him to the hilt. He's ahead in all of their polls. Um, so text either yes or text no to 23680. Um, Alan, you've been a keen observer of the political scene for many, many presidential cycles. How do you think Biden will hold up over time. His track record running for president two prior times is not strong. It is not, and I don't see it holding up this time either. Uh, I've mentioned before, we need to think back to four years ago. It looked like Jeb Bush was the front runner and was going to get the Republican presidential nomination. Of course, that all disintegrated. And Rudy Giuliani was red hot for a while. Yeah, and uh, so it is so early on now, I Mm -hmm. think we're going to see a lot of changes And I've said before that I think Biden is too old to be a viable contender for president of the United States. Interesting. What about it, guys? What do you think? 
Well, the question on whether Biden can beat Trump, I think, yeah, he can. I think it's possible. Do I think he will beat Trump? No, probably not. But he's perfectly capable of doing it. And But I think you're right, though. He is his own worst enemy, which is why he hasn't been too visible, actually. If you haven't noticed. You think eh. they're holding him out? Yeah, I do. I really do. I don't like the guy. Too much bad stuff going on in the past with him. is flip-flopping. and What about the creepy Joe stuff that came back <laughs> last night sleepy. in Houston? Yeah, I, I just, again, he just can't keep his hands off the little ones and sniffing them. It's just weird. <laughs> creepy. Ooh. What do we have coming in on the text line right now? Let's go long form before we check the, um, before we check the texting poll. And you can still vote, can Biden beat Trump? Text either yes or text no to 23680. Yeah, one person says Biden can't beat Trump. He won't be able to beat Buttigieg in the primary. Waiting for the Democrat debate to see who will challenge Trump. I had someone that called in off air wanted to say that uh, if we just kept playing the uh, the slurry tape from Biden, that Trump is a shoe-in. And then we got a texter that said, uh, contrary, Biden's had several brain surgeries and often sounds drunk or at least impaired. His poor judgment, though, is constantly on display with women and children. He is just a joke as a candidate. He um, he has had a couple of brain aneurysms, you know, and those are those are a long time ago. Um, one of them pretty much wiped him out of uh, one of his two failed uh, attempts to run for president. I think we need to get to the texting poll. Have you tallied up the votes that are still coming in? Yes, it's uh, 98 people say no. Four people say yes. So you're saying there's a chance. <laughs> you're right, Yaffe. Yeah. There's a chance. <laughs> there you go. There so you everyone's go. disagreeing with me. Like uh, I said, I think he can, but I don't think he will. I don't know about that. I wonder who the strongest horse is. If you're talking about a guy who's a communicator and a fluid speaker, Pete Buttigieg is about as good as you will ever hear. I seriously question whether he can make it all the way from mayor of South Bend, Indiana, to become the nominee and ultimately the president of the United States. And I think there's a big obstacle out there that's tough to poll because people want to be politically correct and, uh, you know, and be on board with minorities in this country particularly the Democrats that you would poll, would be that way. He's an openly gay man, and I just don't know whether there are enough votes out there to get him the nomination, and I'm absolutely at this point sure there are not enough votes out there to get him the presidency, uh, and, and, and he would have his partner. He's the wife, actually, in, in, the, in the couple here who would wind up being the first man. And I just don't know how the optics of that are going to play with all but a minority of voters when you get right down to it. But course, I got to tell you, the guy's a great speaker. Of course, for all we know, they may be a happily, a more happily married couple than the current occupants of the White oh, House. Oh, that may well be true, you know. But it, but it is, but it is, Alan. You know, it's a question of the vast majority out there. Are they willing to accept that? And I think if Buttigieg gets real traction. We'll certainly find out. We will. And, you know, we're just about four weeks away from the uh, first uh, Democratic presidential debates, which will be held in Miami. And I we'll think start... they, they're going to put 10 on a stage, right? And they're, they're, they're doing they're... two nights. Yeah. Right. And so you have to be, I mean, there's 24, 25 of them in there right now, and a few aren't going to make it. You have it... to have a certain number of donors, as I understand, uh, to your campaign. 
in order to be qualified for these debates. Yeah, well, we'll see how all of that plays out. And you're right, the debates are where we really begin to get a handle on who's got the, you know, the chops and who doesn't. Yeah. You know, right now it's a supposition at this point, but Biden's been around for a long time. There was a new poll out that shows that uh, Trump is being viewed as more and more presidential, which is quite interesting. Um, I'll give Joe Biden this. He's very vice presidential. Very vice presidential. Very vice presidential. <laughs> nice. Oh, boy. That's a good one. No, no, he leads the poll. Trump should steal that one. Yeah, he's vice presidential. No doubt about that. Well, you know, the last Fox News <laughs> I po- poll I saw about a week or so ago uh, showed the top five Democrats all beating Donald Trump at yeah, this point. That's what I was saying before. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. You bet. We'll knows? see. Things do change, as you pointed out, with Jeb Bush and mm-hmm. everything else four years well, not four years ago, but in 2015, 2016. That was four years ago. Yeah. Uh-huh. Floridians are worried about hurricane season, bud, and Volusia County's school superintendent gets the axe. Those stories, along with our Elsewhere segment and traffic and weather together, in just two minutes, 8.30 on Good Morning Orlando. Good morning, Orlando. Right now, Alan, everybody's worried about the heat, and justifiably so, but not far downstream, we'll all be worrying about the hurricane season. That's right, but hurricane season officially starts this Saturday, and Floridians are concerned about that. And that's the finding of a survey by AAA. Our survey found that 92% of Floridians are worried about the upcoming hurricane season, but nearly one in five are more concerned than last year. I think that you have a series of hurricanes that have come through and impacted Florida in the past few years. However, AAA's Mark Jenkins says 62% of Floridians say they would only evacuate for a Category 3 hurricane or higher, and one in five would ignore evacuation warnings. This news brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. That $19 billion disaster relief bill that includes money for the panhandle to rebuild after Hurricane Michael is stuck in the U.S. House. However, Senator Rick Scott is hopeful it will be passed soon. I'm hoping that the House will pass, House will pass it this week uh, and get that, uh, get that implemented so we can get that money here. The Florida Republican was in Pensacola to talk about hurricane preparedness. Volusia County will soon be looking for a new superintendent. The school board voted 3-2 to two yesterday to fire Superintendent Tom Russell. That's effective June 30th. Board members cited communications problems, low state rankings, and lengthy teacher contract negotiations as the reasons for getting rid of Russell after four years in charge. He made $175,000 a year, but his severance package will be worth at least $250,000. A stripper is under arrest for the weekend crash that killed three teenage soccer players in Miami-Dade County. North Miami police say 31-year-old Mariam Kulabali was driving drunk at the time of the crash. In the Tampa Bay area, a man's facing charges after getting pulled over on the interstate and accused of DUI with his kids in the car. Hillsborough deputies got a tip from the highway patrol that a driver was swerving from lane to lane, barely missing other cars. A deputy pulled over 38-year-old Armando Olivero on I-75 late Sunday night with his three small children in the car, ages 6, 7, and 8. The sheriff's office says Olivero's blood alcohol level was more than twice the legal limit. He's also facing a charge of child neglect. Gordon Bird, News Radio 93.1 WFLA. And elsewhere... Former Central Floridian and actress Mandy Moore has made it to Mount Everest. The star of TV's This Is Us achieved her goal Monday of making it to the base camp of the world's tallest mountain that's 17,600 feet above sea level. Moore posted a picture of her accomplishment on Instagram saying it wasn't easy. 
She also reflected on the climbers who have died on the mountain slopes, 11 so far this year alone. Mandy Moore, by the way, grew up in Longwood. I know she went to Rock Lake Middle School because she was there at the same time my kids were back in the 90s. Our kids went there, too. How about that? Yeah, and uh, she then went on to attend Bishop Moore High School. And uh, during that time, she was starting to develop a, a... a career with singing and acting. Well, let me ask you here. She's at base camp 17,000, summits 29,000. I mean, is, is she going all the way up? I don't know. I My believe goodness. she said that was it, and that's all that she wanted to do was just get to the base camp. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, because that's a different league. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. all the way up, you know, at that altitude. My goodness. It's still quite an achievement. It really is. It is. A mom-and-pop coffee shop in Santa Cruz, California, with the word cat in its name, is being hit with a cease and desist order from Caterpillar Bulldozers. The owner of Cat and Cloud Coffee says the global construction equipment company has trademarked Cat and is taking legal action against the shop from using any form of the word cat. And he says the move is bullying since the shop's use of cat is clearly for a logo showing a kitty holding a coffee mug and sitting in a cloud. Caterpillar officials maintain they just want to protect their trademark. Wait a minute. What about all the cat food logos and all of that stuff? Yaffe, you're the cat lover. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, I don't I, know how that would work. What yeah. is going on with Caterpillar? What is, <laughs> these are they're supposed to be macho. They're making these big machines. They're worried about... Who's, who's going to confuse a kitty holding a coffee mug and sitting in a cloud with Caterpillar bulldozers? I might. What is wrong with those guys? That, That's that crazy. Is very, yeah, that What's is wrong very with weird. Melissa? What's wrong with Melissa if she's going to confuse those two things? I'm not, I'm not the swiftest one in the, the whole What's box. wrong with Melissa? Is it, 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 I don't know. Where do we much, start? That's well, a whole segment. we got yeah. we got to be out of here by 9 o'clock. Sorry, no time for that. We don't have enough time. Yeah, thanks, well, thanks, let me move along then. <laughs> Finally, uh, here's a story we teased yesterday as uh, being on our website, and it seems like it should start with the words, A Florida Man. But it begins with a California man. A California man is accused of slashing tires and smashing a windshield while wearing a Donald Trump mask. The 56-year-old suspect was busted near the border of Mission Viejo and Laguna Hills early Monday. Officers spotted him vandalizing a parked car. Police say along with the Trump mask, the guy was also wearing body armor, had a loaded handgun, an airsoft shotgun, and a helmet. Gee whiz. It's unclear what led to the vandalism. I think I, <laughs> think there's a problem there somewhere. Though. I think there is, and I hope we get we do not get a Florida version of that. Mm-mm. You can find more on all of these stories on the Good Morning Orlando page at wflaorlando.com. Just look for elsewhere. With Alan Spector. And we will. It's always great stuff. It'll give you a lift. It's amazing what he's got there, and it's all on the website for you. It's incredible. It is, and it gets better every day. Alan, thanks. Hey, listen, the uh, polls are still open on our one-word texting poll. Can Biden beat Trump? Text either the word yes or the word no to 23680. Next, your chance to win a great prize here. If you love Hard Rock Live, what a venue that is, and you love the Rolling Stones, you're going to want to be on the 50,000-watt front porch on the phone now, locked in and ready to compete for the prize on Sound Judgment. The question's coming up. You're eligible to win if you haven't won in 30 days. And the phone number is 407-916-5400. And the text line, well, we don't use that, but we do use the toll-free phone line at 
5400. It's a great night listening to the a recreation of a Rolling Stones album by some amazing folks who can do an incredible job on that at Hard Rock Live. And if it's not your thing, win the tickets, give it to somebody who would love them. All right, 407-916-5400. Great prize, valuable prize, and it's up for grabs right now on Sound Judgment. 407-916-5400, or get on that toll-free quickly at 866-916-5400. We'll have some fun with this one right after we update Orlando's news, weather and traffic in two minutes on Good Morning Orlando. Florida headlines for you right now. A Brevard County man described as a career criminal is dead after a shootout with deputies in Indian River County. 41-year-old Ryan Thomas was killed in the shooting last week on I-95 near Vero Lake Estates. Deputies say Thomas shot at them during a chase and he was killed when they returned fire. Thomas was wanted for a drug charge that dates back a couple of years and his criminal background goes back almost 25 years. Updates at least every 10 minutes in our top stories. The Promise Sun. Good morning, Orlando. From News Radio 93.1, this is Good Morning Orlando. Okay, time for a little fun and games, and we are ready to go with sound judgment. I still have a toll free line open at 866 916 5400. You better grab it. So, Melissa, what are we playing for again? A fantastic four pack of tickets to see classic albums live. This album. The Rolling Stones, Let It Bleed. It'll be Saturday, July 27th at the Hard Rock Live. Classic Albums Live features the finest studio musicians performing classic rock albums live, note for note, cut for cut. You want to get tickets instead of trying to win, just go to Ticketmaster.com. But I think someone's going to win it right now on Sound Judgment. Well, I think so, too, and the lines are jammed. Alan, you used to host these events, and you hold them in high regard. Oh, it's a fantastic show, and as I've uh, been mentioning, uh, they not only uh, will perform the Rolling Stones' Let It Bleed album in this case, uh, but as they do every time, they will, after they perform the album, take a break, come back, and do a greatest hits set of whatever artists they're doing that night. In this case, of course, the Rolling Stones. Yeah, this is a great prize, and if you're trying to get in, wait for a wrong answer in an open line at 407-916-5400. My wife nailed this when I tried this question on her last night. Linda nailed it. Nobody else on the staff came close. We'll see how you do. How many tickets did she get? <laughs> she got a kiss. That's what she got. Mm. Anyway, today's Sound Judgment Game spotlights an overlooked milestone in our space program. You know, these days, missions to supply the International Space Station seem routine, don't they? But on this date, May 29th, a U.S. space shuttle docked with the space station for the very first time. Listen to some scintillating sound of that historic moment, as only NASA can bring it. Then use your sound judgment to tell me how many years ago today we heard this. Houston Discovery, we're ready to power off the docking system. Discovery Houston, you've made the first docking with Space Station look effortless. and You've set the standard for all those who follow. Congratulations. You have a go. How many years ago today did that space milestone happen? Let's go to line one. Go ahead, line one. 20 years. Oh, yes. <laughs> you and Linda, <laughs> except you get the prize. She's not eligible. How did you know that? Uh, it was actually off the top of my head. <laughs> that is just flat out unbelievable. You didn't Google it or anything, huh? 
No, I didn't. But and please, I don't want to kiss. I'd rather have no, to no, no kiss. All right, I'm not going to go Joe Biden on you. All right. All right. <laughs> Twenty years ago today, May 29, 1999. Look at the rest of the staff here. They are humbled. They are humiliating. You know, they should be they, they, they should be rooting for you. They're just pouting up a storm here. I, it's just you know you embarrassed them all. It's None great. of us got it right. No, man. What's your first name? Uh, Ken. Calling in from Orlando. Son of a gun. You're going to Hard Rock Live for the recreate of that Rolling Stones album. Have you got your guests picked out? You got four tickets. Yeah, I'm really excited about going. It's uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be great. Enjoy it on us off air. You and Melissa, if she will talk to you, um, uh, we'll make the arrangements on the tickets, okay? Okay, thanks. All man. right, man, don't Love go away. Show. You <laughs> Hang in there. How about that? 20 years. He nailed it. Yeah. Time yeah. flies. I guessed yeah. 15 it's years. Interesting. He's not like even in the news business, like some people right yeah. here. Like he people, got it, like you, people you would think would know things like you that. You would think. You would think. Anyway. <laughs> okay. Well, it's a good thing you're leaving town. That's all yes, I have to I say. Yes, I am. I'm going to my college reunion. A little bit more on that. I don't know if I'm going to be able to handle the temperature drop. I'm telling you what, but I'm looking forward to it. Uh, a few words on that, and we will continue to total up the votes on the one-word texting poll. Alan, you want to pop that out there one more time for yeah, us? Yeah, simply, can Joe Biden beat Donald Trump in 2020? Text either the word yes or the word no to 23680. Totaling up the votes on the one-word texting poll, can Biden, who's leading in the polls, beat Trump? Text either yes or text no to 23680. We're back after a quick update on Orlando's news, weather, and traffic in only two minutes here on Good Morning Orlando. Headlining our hottest talker coming on the air at 6 o'clock this morning. In case you missed the segment, a controversial Central Florida prosecutor will not be seeking re-election. Orange Osceola State Attorney Aramis Ayala made the announcement in a video posted yesterday on Facebook. She, of course, is the state's first African-American state attorney, but she might be most remembered for announcing a couple of years ago that she would not seek the death penalty in any case. Governor Rick Scott then reassigned all of her death penalty cases, a decision upheld by the Florida Supreme Court. Ayala says uh, that's why she is not seeking re-election. My big problem with her was she deceived the voters by not admitting her opposition to the death penalty and what her plans were during the campaign. Updates at least every 10 minutes in our top stories here on Good Morning Orlando. Welcome to the 50,000-watt front porch. News Radio 93.1 WFLA. Yaffe and Melissa, are we still getting votes on the one-word texting poll asking, can Biden beat Trump? Asking folks to text either the word yes or the word no to 23680? Yes, we are, bud. And we have a lot of people who say, no way, 128 no's to eight yeses. Wow. Another cliffhanger on the one-word texting <laughs> poll. Yeah, <laughs> your vote counts. Get it in there. Yeah, you can, sure. It's still open right now, okay? So text either yes or no to 23680 on the question, can Biden beat Trump? Um, so um, tomorrow, Lynn and I are flying out uh, up to Syracuse, New York, and then driving into the beautiful countryside of rural upstate New York to my alma mater, Colgate University. And uh, it's my class reunion there, but it is also the 200th anniversary of the founding 
of Colgate in 1819. Oh, wow. There's even a song everybody knows about 1819 and, and the founding. So it's the biggest reunion ever in this small town and this beautiful campus, and it's going to be overwhelming. I don't know how they're going to handle it all, but it's going to be exciting. I'm going to reconnect with all of my, my classmates and, uh, and all the guys that I sang with in the Colgate 13 acapella singing group undergraduate, which continues as a long tradition at Colgate. It's one of the one of the finest a cappella groups around. It's just great. And uh, the kids who are in it right now as undergrads have no idea what they're in store for if they do what we did and we stayed together. And we have a group called the Vintage 13 from the, from the, um, uh, from the 1960s, and we'll be singing up there. And, and we still sing well. It's one of these things, you know, the, the football players can't come back and play the game, but we can come back and sing the songs and uh, – and it's going to be very special. And you're doing the Rolling Stones album, Let It Bleed, as I understand? <laughs> yeah. Note for note. They're going to drop Incredible. It. Note for note. Four keys lower, but they're going to do it. <laughs> yeah, everybody. You know what You know what it is? I'm throwing the flag on all these tenors. Their voices are getting lower. I'm calling them for encroachment on the bass section. All the voices are getting lower. I've always said, arguably, the only thing that stands a chance of getting better on a man my age is a bass voice. Everything else slowly gets worse. <laughs> you can't always get what you want. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, well. Mark Logos will be hosting in my absence tomorrow and on Friday and Yaffe on Monday. And I'll be back here on the job here. Maybe horse, but I'll be back. And it's going to be nice and cool up north, and I'm looking forward to that. See you next Tuesday for Alan, Mike, and Melissa, the Budman. Thanks. God bless you, and God bless America.